Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. It is my favorite day on the sports calendar, ladies and gentlemen. It's the day after baseball's All-Stars are named. It's Snub or Not Snub Radio! How do they not put in Cervelli? How can't they? Wait a second, he's hitting 258. That's how they didn't put in Cervelli. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number. Join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Go find our man, Kellen, up at the North Park Lounge in Cranberry. If you go out there and see him, you can win a trip to see the Pirates play the Reds in Cincinnati for the Mega Bowl on July 21st. That includes two tickets to Game 1, hotel for two nights at double occupancy, and a $100 gas card. It's the Mega Bowl! Mega Bowl! So go out to the North Park Lounge, find Kellen. He's set up with a nice tablecloth which has been ironed and folded and pressed, and it looks very good, unlike Kellen, who is somewhat disheveled. But go say hi. He's a nice kid. He won't bite you. You'll be fine. Neil Huntington says it's a big week for the Pirates. Reds still two and a half games back in the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl! And that's the most important thing to us here on the Crowley Show, but it's not the most important thing to Neil Huntington or the Pirates. They're 12 and a half back in the division. Nine games back in the wild card. They've got the Nats for three. They got the Brewers for five. All at PNC Park. Never, ever, 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 ever should one week be the determining factor in whether you're tearing your franchise down or adding to it. And yet Neil Huntington says this is a big week for this baseball team. I have a sinking suspicion, though, that Neil Huntington knows this and is just paying lip service. <laughs> what would make me think that? For once, could he just be honest? The organization is so scared about looking like they're going to rebuild and tear it all down that they don't tell the truth, but now the most pressing thing, the smartest thing for them to do, would be to just tear it down. Now, he did say, Neil Huntington did, in the press conference this weekend, that this was all on him, and he's right. But this week ain't a true determining factor on whether or not they'll be buyers or sellers at the deadline. They need to say goodbye to everyone. The only people that I would hold on to are Meadows, Tyone, and Musgrove. That's it. The Pirates could win each of their next eight games this week, and that still should not trick management into thinking that this is a good baseball team. At some point this year, the Pirates will win four or five in a row. Even the worst teams in ball play well for a stretch or two. Hell, I remember the Pirates winning 11 games in a row, culminating in a trip out in Montreal just prior to the All-Star break in the early 2000s. But as we know, those baseball teams weren't good. None of them were. So if this team does happen to win eight or nine in a row, and hey, let's just so happen see it be this week, it doesn't mean they're good. You have to look at things on a macro level. You can't look at things on the micro. And if you were looking... Neil Huntington, at this week as the determining factor, that's all I'd need to know to say, see ya, get the hell out. What is there about the Pirates that's exciting? I had lunch with my grandma yesterday, so she'd answer the question differently than a lot of people, but 
She just loves watching the game. She doesn't care if they stink. She'd rather them be great, but she's going to watch every time they're on television. For the rest of us who need to see winners, yo, there's nothing to be excited about for this franchise at all. Cervelli's going to be gone soon, and that very well might kill my grandma, knock on wood. Diaz, I suppose, will come up, stay up. He'll be the guy. Uh, okay. But Josh Bell has underperformed. Jamison Tyone has underperformed. He's been fine, but he's supposed to be an ace. He's profiling now as a number three or a number four. Who on this team has exceeded expectations? Corey Dickerson had a bunch of home runs last year. He's not even doing that. He's playing all right. Not hitting a lot of home runs. Not hitting for much power. Josh Bell's nothing. Gregory Polanco has been awful, then great, then awful, and then pretty good. Starling Marte is Starling Marte. Okay, that's fine. He's been okay. He's been what they need him to be, what you expect him to be. Even Austin Meadows has taken a dip of late, and I think a lot of that has to do with Clint Hurdle playing four guys instead of three in the outfield. So what is there, prospect-wise even, that intrigues you, makes you excited? Not much. They're right smack dab in the middle, according to Baseball America, in terms of prospect ratings. And that's something that in Pittsburgh, at least, we've been able to hang our hat on for years. The Pirates stink, but at least they've got a good farm system. And in 2013 and 14 and 15, it all culminated in kind of some dumb luck, but it culminated in teams that were contending for division championships, not that they won one, and teams that won 98 games at their apex. But now that's not even here. And it's all because Neil Huntington did not manage the roster correctly. You go all in when you have the opportunity, or you don't, but if you don't, you got to draft well. And he hasn't. I'm done with this regime. See you later. You're not going to get rid of the owner. Mark Cuban ain't going to be walking up in here. Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle aren't going to walk down the street to the North Shore and buy the franchise. What's to be excited about? At least last year, if that question would have been asked, I'd have thought, okay, well, maybe Polanco will still pan out. You've got Marte. Meadows could be a guy. Josh Bell's having a great season, so you're fine there. And then you had faith in Tyone. You had Garrett Cole. For a couple more years at least, and it was going to be fairly cost efficient. Now you lose Cole, you lose McCutcheon, Jamison Tyone's not the guy you thought he would be. What's to be excited about? It's maddening. And I saw that Chris Muller from the station across the street, a guy that I like, is now saying he's going to raise his children to be Indians fans. Wonder where he got that from. I'm an Indians fan. I started the Pirates Mutiny. Arg! No one's at PNC Park anymore. No one's going, except for Phillies fans. Phillies fans were there this weekend. How was that for fun? There's just no reason to get excited about this baseball team. And anytime Neil Huntington speaks, you know it's because he's got Bob Nutting's hand up his ass. And it's just drivel. It just makes you want to punch a wall or him. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four. We've got Matt Williamson coming up in twelve minutes here on the Crowley Show. We're going to talk about the Steelers over the last 
10 years with Mike Tomlin. And really, it's been nine. This will be year 10. Have they been underachievers? I don't think they have. We'll get to that in a few moments. I suppose I'll touch on Le'Veon Bell for a hot second here. I could talk about that all week, though. See, that's what's happening. Everyone's got the apathy right now. No one wants to be doing their radio shows. I'm sure Madden doesn't want to be doing his radio show. I'm sure across the street they don't want to be doing their shows. Columnists don't want to be writing. People don't even want to watch sports right now apart from soccer. I don't give a rip about baseball. No one gives a rip here about baseball. No one wants to watch that. So everyone's kind of just going through the motions. What are we going to talk about? Well, a week from today, Le'Veon Bell. I could recycle it all week. They're shooting their wide today. Going all in on the Le'Veon Bell basket. He's not going to sign a deal. Steelers will survive. And whenever he signs his deal next year, he'll be happy because he'll have gotten at least close to what he was going to ask or what he has been asking. And the Steelers, I'm sure, will be okay if Ben Roethlisberger hangs around as long as they've got that offensive line and Antonio Brown. The thing, though, that worries me, if I'm a Steelers fan, is do you then run the risk of going running back by committee for Ben Roethlisberger's last year or two? Ben Roethlisberger's a touchy son bitch. Ben Roethlisberger is very particular. Ben Roethlisberger did not like the offensive coordinator. Hey, the offensive coordinator's gone. Ben Roethlisberger wants big receivers. Ben Roethlisberger wants people built around him. Offensive line stayed the same now for three years. And will for another couple of years. Antonio Brown gets the extension. Steelers, a team that did not have issues at the wide receiver position, they seem to go out every year and draft a wide receiver. Why? you got to keep Ben Roethlisberger happy. So it's twofold for me. You have Ben Roethlisberger maybe the last two years of his career. At least that's what his contract tells you. Is he going to struggle on the field because he doesn't have a good running game? Because young players or running backs by committee, a running back by committee isn't going to live up to the expectations. Or two, is he going to get so fed up that he doesn't have his all-pro running back, that he doesn't have that escape valve there, that he just says, F it. I don't want to play like this. I think... The smart thing is for the Steelers to say, all right, Liv, see you later. You try to sign the contract, but if he goes, okay, fine. But I think Steelers fans need to be careful what they're wishing for there. There's absolutely, absolutely a chance that this backfires if they don't wind up getting him. And, you know, backfire, I suppose, probably isn't the right phrase because the Steelers are trying to get it done, but if they don't get it done, there is a chance that running back by committee doesn't work. That's the buzz term in this town right now. Running back by committee. The Eagles did it. The Patriots did it. Running back by committee. The Steelers will do it too. Look at Minnesota. They made the NFC Championship game. Running back by committee. You just keep saying it until it sounds good, but who's the committee? Who the hell's going to be playing running back for the Steelers next year? Well, it's going to be James Carter. No, it ain't. He'll be there. Maybe. But he's just a guy. Watching him last year, you know, he's just a guy. The kid from NC State, it'll be him, Crowley. He'll be the guy. Both he and James Conner, they will tear up the National Football League next year. Oh, yeah? Why'd he go in the sixth round then? And why did James Conner get picked 
earlier than anybody thought he was going to get picked. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to be effed if Le'Veon does walk out this door. But I am saying it's a possibility, and a possibility that I don't think a lot of Steelers fans are really thinking about right now. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Again, we got our man Kellen at the North Park Lounge in Cranberry, where you can win if you go out there and say hello to him. A trip to see the Pirates play the Reds in Cincinnati on July 21st. It includes two tickets to one game. You get hotel for two nights at double occupancy and a $100 gas card. It's the Mega Bowl! Mega Bowl! What's double occupancy mean? It's two people in a room. Nice! I say it every time. You bring a date to this thing? I mean, respect their boundaries, obviously. You, you got you to gotta respect the boundaries, but you're probably getting laid. Any, <laughs> that's going to get the job done. You're going to get laid. I mean, $100 gas card, you're getting laid. And you're also going to get to see a great baseball team, the Reds. They've been playing real well of late. Blowing it right up the Pirates' behinds. Two and a half back. Hit a little bit of a skid this weekend, but it'll be okay. It'll be okay. For Reds fans, not just, for Pirates fans. Just think of the look on the girl's face when you're like, hey, babe, I'm going to take you to the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl! I mean, it doesn't get a sealed deal, right? Nothing says sex more than the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl! And Skyline Chili. So go out to see Kellen. He's at the North Park Lounge up in Cranberry. One last time on that. It's a trip to see the Pirates play the Reds. On July 21st. Guaranteed chili and sacks. Yep. Woo! Two tickets to one game. Hotel for two nights. Guaranteed there's a bathroom there. So you'll be fine with the Skyline chili. Coming up next, we talk to Matt Williamson about Le'Veon Bell and where the Steelers go from here with him. And have the Steelers underachieved under Mike Tomlin? We'll discuss. Crowley Show. Now here's everybody's favorite millennial. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The Steelers have one week to figure things out with Le'Veon Bell in a long-term contract. I think it's far more likely that he plays out the year on the franchise tag says see you later and gets paid elsewhere next year. Joining us now to talk about that and more is our friend from WilliamsonFootball.com and Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. He is Matt Williamson. Matt, what's up, pal? How's it going, dude? It's going all right, man. We're getting real close to training camp, huh? Absolutely. I think I'll be up there a lot more this year. I'm pretty psyched. I'm probably see you and Lolly quite a bit. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, unfortunately enough for both of us, we're going to have to hang out with that Lolly cat. A whole heck of a lot. It does feel like summer is coming to an end, though. It was like 65 degrees on Sunday morning, and I walked outside. I had a cup of coffee, and I thought, oh, my God, it's football season. And it's right around the corner. So It's right around the corner. Matt Williamson joins us to talk about the football that is right around the corner, or at least some hypotheticals before we get there. And first, let's just start with the Le'Veon Bell stuff. I'd like to see the Steelers keep him. But it's not going to happen. I think that they will be fine, but there's always the risk that whomever they bring in as that 
quote-unquote running back by committee is just not going to be anywhere near as good as he has been. No doubt. I mean, letting a great player go is absolutely risky, and as we're finding out with how do you replace Shazier, you really don't replace them. I remember being asked on the radio a bunch, well, when Paul Amalu retires, how are you going to replace him? Well, you need guys like Shazier and Paul Amalu and Bell. You don't. You know, you change what you do, and you, you know, like we're seeing on the defensive side of the ball. And the key to me, though, is you don't want to get locked in on a guy at this position in particular for too much money and overspend that has that kind of wear and tear. But you have to still have a real threat as a receiver out of the backfield. And I think that was something they liked with Jalen Samuels, but I don't think he's ever going to be an NFL starting running back. And so the next guy, whoever that is, better be a good receiver. Yeah, no doubt. Has to be. Uh, and Ben Roethlisberger's not getting any younger. And if he plays out his contract, it's going to be this year and then a couple of extra. And those other two years would be without Le'Veon Bell. And he's going to want to have a guy that he can feel comfortable with checking down to. And you just need to have a solid running game. Uh, I'm a little bit more worried, I think, about the Steelers' offense this year than a lot of people are, Matt. Uh, I think that they'll still put up pretty good numbers, but... Uh, Todd Haley was a proven offensive coordinator. Randy Fickner's really not. Uh, they do lose Martavis Bryant, although they don't have to replace all that much production because he wasn't great last year. Uh, I just I don't think they're all that deep at wide receiver either beyond uh, the first couple of guys. So I do have my questions there. Yeah, I mean, they play a ton of 11 personnel, and so three receivers are going to be on the field a lot. And what if Washington isn't ready? You know, I mean, then you're putting a lesser player out there. So, yeah, I mean, the offensive line depth is a little more worrisome than it's been. You know, the backup running back situation is not great. But I also look at it and think, well, the tight ends, particularly McDonald, are probably better. And I mostly said good things about Todd Haley, but I've done a little bit more homework. And I think some of his predictability as a play caller and it will, will be improved. I, I have higher hopes for what Finkner's going to do as a play caller this year than in years past. And a guy I know in this business that does a really good work of analyzing numbers and tendencies and things like that laid it out in his book. His name's Warren Sharp, and he laid it out in his book that more so than most offenses in the league, that when the Steelers had passing personnel on the field, they passed. When they had heavier personnel on the field, they ran. But it's much more lopsided than most teams in that way. And people catch on to those things. Well, I hope that there's enough of a difference then between what Haley did and what Feekner's going to do that uh, those kind of tendencies do get put to bed because I'm not, I'm not so sure that they will. You just don't know. No, you don't know. I mean, I don't know that the new guy's better than the old guy, but there's room for improvement in terms of those type of things, tendencies, and all these teams are so analytics-dependent and you know, have so many guys behind the scenes figuring these things out that I'm sure that they knew – Boy, the Steelers are going, oh, they're in 11 personnel again. Look out for the pass. You know I mean? So I hope those things kind of go away. Matt Williamson joins us now on the Crowley Show. Uh, Matt, the Steelers' offensive line, you alluded to it, the depth, uh, I do think is a little bit more of a concern this year without Hubbard, uh, a guy that came in and played well when he needed to last year, and then two years ago was the uh, extra tight end and did a really nice job with that. If the Steelers were to lose a Marcus Gilbert, or anybody for that matter, you really do start to feel it there. I, I just, I'm not as in love with this offense as I have been. And maybe it's just years of 
what I've considered someone underperforming catching up. But I do think this could be a year where maybe they do take a little bit of a step back. Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, the Steelers were one of the healthier teams in the league last year, too. And can we expect Ben and Bell to play as much, many snaps in his games as they have? Or, hey, I mean, it's not like these guys are old men, but the offensive line isn't a bunch of young guys. You know, they've all been here a long time, and the majority of them have been on the field a high percentage of the time, except for Gilbert. Is that going to keep up? You know, we always talk about two, though. I mean, having Munchak makes you feel a lot better, though. You know, I mean, That's he's true. developed. I mean, think about the offensive line he's developed of undrafted players. If you put Finney, Foster, Hubbard, uh, Villanueva, and who's the next one? I mean, I bet he developed somebody else. It could be Filer. I know they really like him. You know, so he's really got an unbelievable track record of turning non-pedigree players into valuable contributors. I mean, it's not Mike Webster and Jamari Dawson, but with the shortage around the league, it's one of the absolute best things the Steelers have going for them. Matt, you do the Locked On NFL podcast. I know that you did the uh, over and under for win predictions for the AFC North. I'm sure you have the Steelers walking away with it again this year. I do, and their their over under win total. This is from Vegas. Is ten and a half. The Steelers. The next one in the division is Baltimore at eight. Um, so that seems about right to me. I mean, I think all of us will take the Steelers to win the division. Um, I took the the Ravens to go under their total. I took the Bengals to go over, and they're one of my sleeper teams in the AFC. I took the Steelers to go over their ten and a half, but I don't say I, I'm less confident than I am most years. You know, I mean, eleven wins is pretty substantial. Yeah, it's interesting. Brian and I were driving out to the show at the uh, North Park Clubhouse, and we were talking a little bit about the Steelers. And I, I am having a little some reservations this year that I haven't had. Last year I was very optimistic. Two years ago I was very optimistic. This year. I'm a little bit nervous. They played so many close games last year, and things wound up working out their way, whereas we know in the past they've lost some of those games that could have gone uh, either way. And most teams do. I think it was Oakland two years ago that won a bunch of close games, and then last year obviously it didn't happen for them. So that does scare me a tad. Let's talk about that just for one second. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because over the last very long time, last 20 years, 25 years, whatever, one of the great predictors of how a team's going to do the next year is how many is what they did in close games, one touchdown games. If you win a high percentage of those games, chances are you're going to come back to the mean. Or if you're one in five in t- one touchdown score games, you'll probably get back to 500. And you know, in two game difference in the NFL is a big deal. There's only two outliers though: the Steelers and the Patriots. The Steelers and the Patriots are much better than the rest of the league over a long stretch of time, and especially lately, at winning close games. Why do you think that is? Quarterback play? Yeah, they're the best two organizations out there, give or take. You know, I mean, yeah. I think it's a, a absolutely quarterback play, clutch play. You know, um, there's so many reasons for New England. I mean, Belichick is is a master late in the games, and but you know, I think people sell Tomlin short. But winning close games is not easy in this league, and really, the stats show out that most teams are 500 over a long course of, course of their, their you know tight games. Steelers haven't been. Uh, Matt, I, I do want to stick with Mike Tomlin and what he's done over the last 10 years because it's something I'm going to talk about 
coming up in a few minutes. But before that, we talked a little bit about this last week. But in terms of the pecking order in the AFC for you, you just you still see the Steelers and Patriots, and then there being a drop off. I realized the Steelers did lose to the Jags last year. Yeah, and you know the Steelers. Have another quick note. I mean, this division plays the NFC South, which I think is the hardest division in the league. They play the AFC West, which isn't easy. And I also think the three teams in the North, besides Pittsburgh, took bigger steps forward than the Steelers. And their two variable games are the Patriots and Jags. So this schedule's not easy at all, and it has been one of the easier ones the last couple years. I still think New England's the best team in the AFC. The NFC's just so much better than the AFC, though. I mean, it's not even close. That All the bad teams are in the AFC. I'm not sure who the good teams are outside of the Steelers and New England. I'm still a big Chargers believer. I think Jacksonville comes back to the pack a little bit, too, because they had a very easy schedule last year. And I just don't think you can excel in this league year after year without a passing game. Well, and all that's interesting, Matt, because I – don't think that the Steelers have underachieved under Mike Tomlin. It seems to be no. this this overarching thought, and mostly by fans, then those in the media who like to stir people up, that Mike Tomlin hasn't done a good enough job and this, that, the other. And I disagree. I will say the one year that I think that they could have gotten more is this last year when they were 13 and 3. They were a bounce away from beating the New England Patriots here in Pittsburgh. Uh, if that happens, then we'll see. It's probably New England that beats Jacksonville, and then the Steelers, I don't think, are falling asleep on the Patriots then, and God only knows. So I think that was the year that they missed their opportunity. I don't really look at any other years and say, well, they were. They clearly could have been the best team. They were there. They were part of the conversation, but I, have, I don't look at any other year and say they really, really missed their chance there. No, I 100% agree. Um, I also think that it's been a trend, and I do blame Tomlin a little bit for this, but they've had a lot of playoff games without Bell or Brown or their stars. I think he does have a tendency to run guys into the ground. Yeah. I also think that it's kind of like the Ewing Knicks, though, or you know the, the uh, Oilers when the Steelers were great. Like If you're the second-best team of an era, but the best team in the era is in your same conference, it makes it awful hard. You know, like I retweeted something today. The Patriots have been favored in 53 straight games. I mean, that's unreal. <laughs> I mean, imagine that. And, and in 81% of the games that Brady has started, as the, the Patriots have been favored. 81%, even when the rest of the team's banged up or whatever. So to overlook their greatness in the run they're on is a mistake. And if they were just an average team or, you know, they weren't as good as so long, I think the Steelers would probably have another ring or two. Matt Williamson joining us here on the Crowley Show. Do check out his website, WilliamsonFootball.com, Locked on NFL Podcast, and, of course, you can hear him on Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. Uh, I know the NFL just did its top 100, and do you think Antonio Brown could be the best player in the league? Yeah, I think he could be. I actually did a podcast, you know, kind of criticizing their top ten or analyzing their top ten, uh, and I had no qualms at all with Brown at two. I mean, like, to me, Aaron Donald was way too low. I thought Lev Bell was too high, to be very honest with you. He was five or six or something like that. But Brown is hes on pace to be the second-best receiver that's ever lived, and I think he's playing better now than ever. And another little nugget, you know, according to Pro Football Focus, I just read this today, 
Antonio Brown faced the most difficult slate of cornerbacks in the league last year by a very wide margin. So, like, he couldn't have had it any harder, and he still was the second-best player in the league, or the best. And then I'll tell you how the other teams feel about him if the discrepancy was that big. Juju Smith-Schuster, is he going to slide inside then if James Washington can become a player like Martavis Bryant? Yes, I think that's the that's the hope is Washington maybe you bring him along slow, but he's still number three. He's the outside the numbers guy and Juju goes to the inside. But I guess, you know, we hadn't talked about this possibility, but you could still sign Eli Rogers, make Juju and Brown your outside guys in eleven personnel, and Eli could be your slot. I think that's better than hey we're babying out there. Matt, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much, pal. Yeah, good stuff. We'll talk to you later. See you in a bit. There he goes. Matt Williamson, WilliamsonFootball.com, Locked on NFL Podcast, and, of course, Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. I'll be doing post-game shows with Williamson throughout the preseason. I guess can't bother Batch with that. Can't bother the Godfather with that. Now, nah, Williamson and I will be at camp the whole time. We'll be watching all the schlubs who are trying to make the team. All right, they're not schlubs either. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Tim Benz wrote a really interesting, I thought, piece at Breakfast with Benz last week about Mike Tomlin, about the Steelers, whether or not they've underachieved under him. And he lumped Bill Cowher into the conversation, too. For the sake of our conversation, I ain't lumping Cowher in. Cowher is old news. I'm going all in on Tomlin, and I don't think that he has underachieved. It's my unbiased, my inspired look at Mike Tomlin's Steelers record and career. It'll be the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined next. It's Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. Andrew tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Hey, Andrew. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'm back. I'm back! I wasn't back until, what, 3, 450? 450 today? Yeah. It's okay. We figured it out. I'm here. But you know who's not here? Kellen. You know where Kellen is? He's at the North Park Lounge in Cranberry. Go out there. See him. He's got the... 970 ESPN, ESPN Pittsburgh tablecloth. And you can win a trip to see the Pirates play the Reds in Cincinnati on July 21st. It includes two tickets to one game, the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. It's a hotel for two nights at double occupancy for the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. And a $100 gas card for the Mega Bowl. Mega Bowl. The Reds just two and a half games back of fourth place. In the NL Central. Hey, it's better than back in the day before Houston got stat. When if you were in last place, you were in sixth place. And you were in laster place than anybody else. Nobody else had six teams in their division. Except the NL Central. How rude was that to the Pirates? As bad as they were for all those years, couldn't they have just been in fifth? They had to be in sixth year after year after year. We'll talk more about the Pirates' futility coming up in about 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. But first, 
And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. We'll get to Le'Veon Bell and the contract that the Steelers may or may not and probably won't get done with him by next week's deadline. But before we get to that, Tim Benz wrote a good piece at the Trib. Check it out. Breakfast with Benz. You can follow Tim on Twitter at Tim Benz PGH. He talked about the Steelers, whether or not they've underperformed under both Bill Cower and Mike Tomlin. I didn't want to go that far back. I didn't want to go all the way back to Bill Cower. Cower didn't have the franchise quarterback, so it's tough for me to say he underperformed. Although they did lose a couple of AFC championships where they were favored. As for Mike Tomlin, he's dealing with the New England Patriots. It's kind of hard for me to say that he's underachieved. Let's dive into the meat here. Mike Tomlin's best shot was last year. Other than that, when have they underachieved? Mike Tomlin's Steelers have gone to the Super Bowl twice. They've won it once. They're one of the best teams in ball right now. They've got five players in the NFL Top 50. He's helped build this roster. They have two players in the NFL's Top 5. Last year, the Steelers were as good as anyone in ball. They were 13-3. and They ended the season as hot as anyone in the game. If not for technicality, they'd have beaten the New England Patriots and finished 14-2 and with home field advantage in the playoffs. But... As we know, that didn't happen, and they got spanked by the Jaguars in the divisional round. Last year needed to end with them, at the worst, losing to the Patriots. Losing to Jacksonville was not acceptable. Losing at home to Jacksonville was not acceptable. Losing in that fashion at home to Jacksonville in the divisional round was not acceptable. So I would say that last year, unequivocally, they underachieved. But when else... Have they? I'm not sure they have. Mike Tomlin gets criticized, and that's deserved. I don't think any coach is above criticism. But he shouldn't be excoriated for not having one more. Let's take a look back, shall we? In 2010, the Steelers went to the Super Bowl, and they lost to the Packers. Okay, Rodgers was playing as well as any quarterback has ever played. And the Steelers' best player, Troy Palomalo, who won the Defensive Player of the Year, wasn't healthy. So how are they going to stop him without their best player playing well enough? And yet they still could have had Richard Mendenhall held on to the damn football. But losing in the Super Bowl happens. Even if the Steelers were at full strength, they could have lost that game. And to me, that doesn't count as underachieving. The Patriots, for all the success that they've had, have won five championships and lost three times when they've been there. So once you get there, you're playing a great team. It's one game, which means it's kind of a crapshoot. So I wouldn't say the Steelers underachieved in 2010. In 2009, they didn't make the playoffs. That's a disappointment, but Tommen gets the benefit of the doubt for me there as he sandwiched that year between two Super Bowl appearances. Tommen's first year wasn't going to be a Super Bowl caliber year either because the Patriots were one of the best teams I've ever seen. They lost to the Giants, I know, but that team was getting out of the AFC, period. In 2011, they shouldn't have lost to the Broncos and Tim Tebow. That hurt, but... Ben Roethlisberger was hurt. He was a tree after getting bullied in that San Francisco game where the power went out. They weren't going to make it to the Super Bowl. That shouldn't have been the expectation. Now, in 2012 and 2013, the Steelers did take a step back. They were 8-8 eight eight both years. The defense was transitioning from old to older and then younger. So instead of bottoming out, they went 8-8. Eight eight. 
They were Ryan's suck-up field goal from going to the playoffs in 2012. The Steelers needed to reload. They did, and now they're on a four-year run of sustained success. That's tough to say. Sustained success. Nailed it. But in 2014, they weren't going to the Super Bowl because Le'Veon Bell was hurt in the last week of the season. He was a top-five player in the game. Usually, if you've got one of those guys, you need him to perform. Can't perform if you're not there. He wasn't there. They didn't perform. Not that hard to figure out. In 2015, Ben was hurt. AC joint. Vontez perfect. Then Bell's hurt. D'Angelo Williams was hurt. AB got hurt. Also by Vontez perfect. He didn't play. Yet the Steelers still hung in there with the eventual Super Bowl champion Broncos. Had they been healthy, that might have been their year. But they weren't. And that's more, I think, bad luck than underachieving. 2016 was much the same. Le'Veon Bell was hurt. He couldn't play against the Pats, and that's ball game. See you later. What are you going to do? Yeah, the defense stunk. Yeah, they didn't play press coverage. Although three times they did and got burned for touchdowns. Sometimes you're just not as good. I don't think they were as good as the Patriots that year. When you're losing to the best team of the generation, and you are the second best team, sometimes you just got to throw your hands up. As Matt Williamson said before, maybe you're the Raiders of the 70s. Maybe you're the Oilers of that same time period. It's hard. It stinks. But what are you going to do? Tom Brady's playing for 18 years as one of the best players we've ever seen in the history of the sport. Bill Belichick is coaching that same time period as one of, if not the greatest coach of all time. What are you going to do? You hope to get through from time to time. You hope to be like the Ravens where you sneak up and you bite them on the ass. And the Ravens did that a couple of times against the Patriots. Steelers never did, but to me that doesn't mean you underachieved. It just means you achieved what you were supposed to achieve, which was second place to them. So Mike Tomlin does deserve criticism. Like last year's divisional round game was a joke. There were terrible decisions. The onside kick was an awful call. The scheme to not be able to slow Blake Bortles down was awful. But other than last year, I can't point to one year and say, you know what, the Steelers under Mike Tomlin, they really effed it. I'm sure you think differently. Or maybe you agree. I want to hear from you either way. 412-922-2874. But this year's huge. Massive big. You got to hope to get one before Ben Roethlisberger calls it quits. Maybe Mason Rudolph's the guy. It's far more likely he's not. Maybe you will find another franchise quarterback the same way that the Colts feel like they did with Andrew Luck, despite the injury concerns. The same way that the Packers did with Brett Favre and then Aaron Rodgers. Perhaps the Steelers have that, but if they don't, you better cash in. You better cash in this year or next year or the following year. And if Le'Veon Bell is going to leave after this year, then doesn't that tell you that this year is the year? This year is the year that they have the best chance to win the championship now in Ben Roethlisberger's final few seasons? And again, we're only operating here on the Crowley Show under the assumption that Ben just plays out his contract. He could sign an extension. It's not going to happen this year. Maybe he signs an extension next year. Maybe he gets an extra year. We don't know. 
Maybe he plays less than that. But we'll operate under the assumption these next three years, Ben Roethlisberger's under center or in shotgun for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This year gives them the best chance, right? Now, some will argue that you can allocate money that you're not spending for Le'Veon Bell towards the defense, and that very well might be true. But maybe Ben Roethlisberger gets a little bit worse. Maybe the offensive line starts to fracture as those players start to get a little bit older. Maybe Antonio Brown suffers injuries for the first time. Maybe he just starts to slow down. Maybe James Washington's not as good of a player as you think he can be. Perhaps Juju Smith-Schuster was a one-year wonder and he's going to have the sophomore slump. You've got to get what you can this year out of this roster with Le'Veon Bell. Now, if the Patriots are better, the Patriots are better, and sometimes you got to chalk that up to crap. That sucks. But this year, to me, is their biggest opportunity to win a championship. And that's kind of why I wouldn't be all that upset if Le'Veon Bell does sign a contract extension with them stellars. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. If he walks, they'll find a way. I believe in Kevin Colbert. I believe in Mike Tomlin. I think they will scheme to have a good enough offense with Le'Veon gone, but this is... You know what you're going to get with him. And yeah, he took a step backward last year from where he was two years ago, but you feel like you know what you've got with that guy. We'll talk more about Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers signing him or not signing him when we come back. But these quotes coming from Neil Huntington got my panties in a bunch. We'll talk about that next. It's Crowley Show.